Fascia is an absolutely amazing system. Years ago, most people didn't know what fascia was. Where today, if you're in the health, wellness, and fitness industry, most know what this term means. Hi, my name is Deanna Hansen. I am the founder of Fluid Isometrics and Block Therapy. And my name is Quinn Castellane. I'm the VP of Block Therapy and Deanna's nephew. Welcome to the Fascia Masters podcast. Fascia is the connective tissue that holds our entire body together. The fascia system is involved in every aspect of your health, from pain, size and shape, how you age, athletic performance and recovery, and even managing trauma and emotions. The list goes on. When you learn how to decompress your fascia, you experience incredible changes to every level of your being. The Fascia Masters podcast discusses everything fascia and is dedicated to empowering you with the knowledge you need to become your own self-care advocate. In this episode, we discuss the importance of addressing the fascia to improve issues with mental health. When the diaphragm is strong and there's optimal flow of blood and oxygen flow to cells, the heart and brain are working in concert to achieve harmony within. When adhesions and scar tissue are riddled throughout the body, there's a disconnection and chaos ensues. Learning to address the barricades to flow and strengthen the breath is a practical way to improve the body, mind, and spirit. So sit back and relax and enjoy this episode. Welcome to another episode of the Fashion Masters podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about the connection between mental health and your fascia system. And it's so important because we even spoke in one of our previous podcasts where we kind of went on a little bit of a tangent about kind of like energy and your thoughts and how that impacts everything. But before we jump into that, of course, I just want to ask your initial perspective on how does fascia decompression benefit mental health? So um, the first thing, I just want to talk about the idea of a perfect body and a perfect body would be somebody who has every cell exactly where it should be positioned. Because if that's the case, there's optimal space in and around the cell. And if you think about it, as long as there's space, light passes through. Mm. It's when there's compression that suddenly there's darkness. Mm. So dark thoughts, Mm. right? You know, like if you start really correlating these things, then we can see what's going on. So if we are in perfect alignment, we have a perfectly functioning diaphragm. So we know that every cell is getting properly fed and clean. So when we have a body like that, every time the heart is pumping blood to the cells, all cells are in communication with the brain. So what is amazing about this is this allows us the opportunity to see every single moment as a unique moment. Mm. And that's important because every moment is unique. And then how we respond to every moment is based on how the cells are communicating with the brain. And when the heart and the brain are in concert, there's peace, there's ease, our vagus nerve is functioning fully. We should be in the parasympathetic state 80% of the day. And as long as we have, again, all of these cells in correct alignment, everything is working together. So we have this calm, organized brain that is directed through the heart. Hmm. Conversely, and this is everybody (laughs) because nobody has a perfectly aligned body. What happens again under the course of time and unconscious living, unconscious breath, gravity being dominant on one side, all of these things, we develop adhesions. So whether adhesions through incorrect posture over time or scar tissue from injury or surgery, now there's blockages. So now here's your heart pumping, 
oxygen and blood to the cells, but not all cells are being are receiving the life force. Mm -hmm. So now we have gaps in the communication between the heart and the brain. And then this is where the ego kicks mm. in. So if the ego takes over, then it's a very different body than if the heart is directing your actions. Mm. And I love Eckhart Tolle's The Power of Now because he says it so beautifully. When we're breathing diaphragmatically, we're living in the moment, God lives in the moment, we're at peace within. When we breathe through the muscles of the upper chest, we're connected to thoughts of past and future, which is where fear lives. Hmm. And it changes the frequency of the brain. So if you're breathing through that upper chest breath, which is a function of the collapsing mm -hmm. of the diaphragm and the whole understanding of how to keep your fascia open and healthy. And, and from anxiety and stressors, just not knowing how to manage stress and anxiety, you collapse. And then, yes, yeah, so the posture is, of course, a major component. But just stress and anxiety within itself, you tend to revert to the muscles in the upper chest. Yes, absolutely. And then we get, we, we have these gaps in the communication system. So if I don't have every cell telling me or, or giving me that information in the moment, now I'm relying on memory, but mm -hmm. that's brain stuff. So again, if I had a trauma when I was 10 years old and now I'm 54 years old and I never reset my breath and dealt with the mm -hmm. chaos that ensued from that moment, I can be triggered continually and pulled into that moment of when the trauma occurred mm -hmm. and never not living without that trauma. Yeah. And it's interesting too, because, you know, we're talking a lot about our, our concussion program. And I just received an email the other day, somebody sharing that um, they wanted us to reach out to this community because of the number of people that they knew that had concussions, three of them had committed suicide. Mm -hmm. Because again, like you're, you're, you're in chaos inside yourself. Excuse me. So you're not able to reflect on the moments. You're stuck in this pattern of chaos inside. Mm -hmm. And then everything is disrupted. <coughs> oh, dear. <laughs> Cough attack. Cough attack. So that's the key. We, mm -hmm. we really need to understand how to change that scenario of that lack of space within. Because the lack of the space creates the congestion it draws in parasites other bad things that are going to live in those spaces and take over and that's going to yeah. manipulate how we think yeah because if we've got parasites wow. in the gut we have them in the brain and then they're going to be you know again taking away our awareness of how to connect that heart and the mind and i love again because eckhart tolle also mentions in the power of now that the ego thrives on negativity hmm. so if the ego is that makes sense the director of our lives mm -hmm then again, we, we get caught up in these cycles of negativity, which, I mean, if you look at the world, news is not positive. <laughs> like they, they share very few things that are actually been like that for a very long time too. Yeah. And, and so, and, and people want to read the negative because they're stuck in that ego and maybe it, you know, it's on the frequency that their bodies are on because they're breathing through those mm. incorrect spaces. So as soon as we start to elevate, I mean, I remember when I was young and I was a mess, I loved horror movies. I, I was drawn to watching horror mm. movies. Now I have zero interest. Yeah, in I can't do anything. it. No, because <laughs> I can't do it. it like, why would I want to pull that into my frequency yeah. and lower myself? So when you get to that and point you don't where you feel better after oh. watching a horror movie or even any kind of scary movie, like I know I've, I've never got that either. I've never been drawn to them. They always. I would, I would get nightmares. I would get headaches. We, you and I, 
when we we were, yes there was times where we'd watch like some scary movies but yeah. i was so uncomfortable watching them like i'm already like a pretty like anxious person just innately and to watch something that's legitimately scary it was more like paranormal stuff that like threw me off yeah. i wasn't scared of like oh like a guy's coming in the house with a knife it's like hey that's physical but it's the paranoia stuff that paranormal pa sorry paranormal, <laughs> that the paranormal. yeah <laughs> exactly <laughs> and uh yeah that that would always trigger me and i would get like migraine i would get headaches after watching scary movies because you're not breathing yeah like why it's because i'm scared i'm yeah. holding my breath like totally wow so I, I watched um, a TikTok briefly. My TikTok algorithm is actually pretty cool because it sends me a lot of stuff that now TikTok knows that I want to watch. So it's not like stupid videos that much anymore. <laughs> and I don't spend a lot of time on TikTok, but it was this older guy just sitting in a chair and he's like, be calm, just be calm. And I'm like, okay, easier said than done. But he's like, he's like you have to reflect on the things that make you not calm, make you anxious. And he said the exact same thing you said. Hey, if you're watching the news and it's, we've all known that the news has been negative for however long, he's like, don't watch the news, turn it off, start removing these things, but you have to be conscious enough to find what's making you feel agitated, anxious, and holding your breath. And then slowly start removing those things. Is it friends? Is it people? Is it individual? Like whoever it is, you're, it's, it's about you. You got to take care of yourself for the whole like idea of being selfish or selfish to be selfless. You got to like, you need to take care of yourself so that you can help the tens of thousands of people in our community. I need to take care of myself. We, we all need to take care of ourselves so that we can help other people. But if you're not doing that, then you're not going to be able to help nearly as many people or at least to the extent of what you could or should be doing. So that was just like a kind of a serendipitous uh, video because yeah. I saw that yesterday and he was just like a calm old guy. Just like, just be calm, be cool. Like, don't react. Don't be reactive all the time. Like, but how do you do that? It can take a lot of time. That's where it's like, start taking out the negative things. And I know you and I, we have a different pr perspective on like, let's say addiction, for example. Well, don't just try to remove it immediately. Try adding something positive in and then the negative will slowly kind of get out but removing just some of those bad things right away is going to immediately change things and then of course it's a journey and it takes time to train your breath decompress your body remove negative things add in positive things how to retrain your subconscious mind to be calm not to be reactive totally manifesting like there's this conversation could get really cool and deep but yeah those... well, and it's funny too because i mean you know it's what happens when you listen to yourself talking and i used to always say like if i you know banged my elbow or spilt a glass or whatever oh you're such a loser you know like that was mm. the first thing that came out of my head and it takes a while because it's just a habit it's it's an unconscious habit so now when i am inclined to say something like that, I say, I'm such a lover. You know, I just changed the one, <laughs> the one letter. Who put that there. table there? <laughs> <laughs> but again, like it's, it's changing that. So now that's the habit, you know, I'm such a lover. And then I'll smile yeah. as opposed to, oh, I'm such a loser. And then, yeah. I mean, even that feeling, like as soon as I say that, I can feel myself yeah. attract in even, my gut. Even if you're saying it, um, like as a, as a joke or what, 
it, it's still the frequency of the words Absolutely. and what you're saying. Yeah. And that's really important. Like uh, I know a lot of people that are self-deprecating and it's hilarious. Like I can do that at times too, as a joke and there's a time and place to do it. But again, that holds its own frequency. And if you keep saying those negative things about yourself, you're only drawing that frequency to you more and that's only going to accumulate well and i think some people might even think it's like it's, it's a sense of being humble when you you know self-deprecate oh I'm, I'm humble so there i'm putting myself down mm. however that's not being humble in mm. that that's kind of humiliating yourself and mm. those are very different words humble very and humiliation point. so yeah being being aware of that and I, I i quote greg Braden all the time i just love his work and how he shared that that positive frequency of love equals the frequency of our DNA. So when we pass that loving thought, that message, whatever it is through our being, we turn on the codons. Mm. And when we turn on the codons, we turn on the light, like the mitochondria get impacted positively. So that light shines through. Mm. As soon as we pass that fear frequency, now we're shutting down those codons. So we're literally compressing from the DNA perspective. So we're getting more congested, more, more dark. So it's, it's not passing through. You know, try breathing through a straw compared to breathing through the mouth or yeah. the nose, not the mouth, yeah. the nose. <laughs> but I mean, just the difference in how you feel, right? You feel stress trying to breathe through such a small container. So when that light is trying to pass through the body and we are all these incredible light beings, yet when we're dense, we're dark. Yeah. And, and that density is going to impact our thoughts mm. and our mental health and then how we even perceive life in general. So it is a habit though. It's not just like you can say, okay, you know what, turn it around because yeah. just like training posture, you can't just say, okay, you know, you were here, go to perfection, make all of your cells exactly where they're supposed to be. There's a process involved, but that's the cool part. When you start with the physical and you start releasing those adhesions and you start increasing that breath, then it becomes easier. And just in the last month, I have had a number of people reaching out to me saying how block therapy has impacted their thinking how they're yeah. not getting pulled into those negative spaces anymore, those dark spaces. And again, like everything in um, body, mind and soul travel together. So again, if we can address the physical and we have to address the physical because those adhesions, as much work as we wanna do on our thinking, if we don't address that physical aspect, that 2000 pound per square inch seal is gonna win. Oh, 100%, there's a lot to say off of that. Um, it all starts with yourself. It, everything does. Your mindset, how you treat yourself, how you breathe, how you treat your physical body, that's gonna project to the universe of who you are and that's just gonna do a full circle to what you should be receiving. The universe is responding to what you're sending and what your emotional state is in that moment. So if you are negative all the time and your emotional state is down, then that's what it's going to continue to keep throwing towards you because that's how, that's how it understands. And that is so empowering to get that, right? But what's, but what's really important too is, as you mentioned, we need to, A, start with the physical. And I, and I love Greg Braden, Joe Dispenza, Eckhart Tolle. They're all the like, absolute brilliant, brilliant guys that are changing millions of people's lives. But for a lot of people, like that's a hard switch it's hard to start cognitively because you have to sit there with your eyes closed and meditate or and because if you're an upper chest breather 
you're stuck in a frequency of that upper yeah. chest breath. A hundred percent. So even if somebody is big into meditating or they're just starting and, and that really connects with them, just start with the belly position and then do the meditation, start connecting to that diaphragm and optimize the breath. But that's why it's so important to start with the physical because that's at, that's something we understand where a lot of people aren't spiritual. They're not religious. They're not whatever. They don't really believe in like the whole idea of energy. What you put out is what you bring back manifesting. You and I manifested everything we have. It all started sitting on a couch when I was, I don't know, 18 years old or so yeah. and chatting about how we're going to be helping the world to the extent of what we can. And we're not putting limitations on that. We want to help the world. But again, it's a process. It's not like, hey, Deanna Quinn, I'm 18, you're your age and let's A lot get... older. Yeah. <laughs> we'll just <laughs> go with that. <laughs> but let's, it, it's not like we can help a million people's, people tomorrow. There's a process to doing it or else we would be an absolute, we can't supply it. But it's also similar with the body. It's like, you're going to put your body in too much overwhelm if you do it all too quickly. Yeah. You have to start with the process. And that's why we always say, get do that belly position on our YouTube channel. Do the belly position. Start breathing properly. That immediately is going to change, as you mentioned, the frequency of your brain and your thoughts. And just when you're calm, you're calm. When you're calm, you don't have that same inclination to be negative towards yourself or towards other people. Yeah, that self-abuse piece. Like it's it's absolutely amazing. Like um, right now in the pro we were talking about this in the process of going through a move and it's like, it's, it's, it's anxiety driven. Like you're like, Oh my God, is this, am I going to get it? Am I doing this? What are we doing? Right. How are we going to do this? How are we going to move everything? How is this going to happen? Is it the right timing? Like there's a lot of things and then like finances, etc. Does it make sense? And there's a lot of anxiety behind it. And that can make you more reactive to how people communicate to you. But if you can be calm in every single process and just say, this is all meant to be, this is all going exactly how it's supposed to, we're going to just do that. Let's make it fun. Like you can make any situation relatable, nearly any situation, at least better than where your baseline is. And it all starts with, yes, the breath, but then just doing a little flick of the switch in your brain. And, that's and then anxiety suddenly becomes excitement. And that was the biggest thing I told Tash yesterday. I'm like... I don't know if I'm anxious or just really excited, but they were very similar symptoms. I was like, couldn't stop pacing around the house. I'm on like eight different phone calls within an hour and I'm just like. Yeah, but it didn't pull you into a dark, scary space. No, not no. at all. But I was, I'm like, that. that's what I had to tell myself. I'm like, I'm just, I'm excited. Yeah. Like I am excited. And that alone is such a big switch in the head. When you feel anxious, just tell yourself you're excited. Your, your body doesn't know the difference. And that's why I love the whole concept of like laughter yoga. You know, like when you're laughing, that big bolsterous laugh, like you are exhaling, like you're working your diaphragm through laughter. Mm. So, you know, that's such a great little switch too. Like when you're, and, and funny, I mean, when you feel like you're in that dark space, the last thing you want to do is laugh. However, if you tell yourself, I'm just going to even laugh, even if it's not a real laugh, just like, <laughs> yeah, do the process. Like, of it. I mean, just even if you go, <laughs> like you feel that movement yeah. through here and then that in turn becomes something that you can take further and further. So yeah. there's so many little things that we can do to shift that frequency that we have. 
But the real thing is, is let's set our bodies up for success all the time. Mm -hmm. And let's go on that pathway of getting rid of those adhesions, getting rid of those scars and allowing that flow to happen so that the brain and the heart are in concert. A hundred percent. Because you don't want that disharmony between yeah. the two. Disharmony, I mean, think of people, you know, playing two different things or, or like you listen to like a kid learning a trumpet or a violin yeah. and you're like, oh my God, like that hurts almost. Yeah. You know, that's what's happening inside the mm -hmm. body and the cells are responding to that disharmony and they're, they're getting like contracted and, and jaggedy. And then that's how we look. That's how we feel. That's how we function. Mm -hmm. So, uh, again, like it's, it's not a straight line, but there's so many things we can do that are simple things that don't take a lot of time mm -hmm. that can start to reset. And I think one of the biggest important things is though, especially for people that are starting from a place of, you know, severe traumatic stress or depression or whatever it is, understanding that we need to be able to flow through the body. We need to be able to clean out the liver, clean out the cells. And so that is also a process and we don't do everything quickly because we have to navigate our own bodies and how we're going to start to detoxify. Because if we over detoxify, you know, then we're going to get thrown into sort of that overload that healing crisis <laughs> like yes pretty powerful healing crisis yeah. yeah and that's why i remember reading a book i can't think of the author right now but it was a, i think like a hundred natural cures or something was was the name of the book but one of the things he said which was really smart if you've been eating mcdonald's every day don't eat an organic diet tomorrow your yeah. body is going to go like what are you doing yeah. like start to I mean, it's, it's the withdrawal piece, right? Like we can't just go from zero to a hundred, no matter what we do. Same as blocking. You don't start from zero and suddenly block eight hours a day. Yeah. I mean, your body would be going like, what do you think you're doing to yeah. yourself? And that's why, you know, we have a program set up so that people can start yeah. somewhere. And then as they feel they can, cause we all move at different paces inside yeah. ourselves. And that's why we have like these videos on our YouTube channel and the sampler program. So people can just try it and and just get a good understanding before they they dive in but that's why we want everybody to start with that belly position like that's the number one thing people need to be doing daily to just start activating the breath releasing trauma uh, bringing your brain frequency to a much healthier state and whether it is trauma depression severe anxiety um, whatever we'll call it i don't even want to call it like a disorder like a mental disorder it's just it's, it's a disharmony within. Exactly. Yeah. And, and that's great that you say that because words, like it's, it's like the difference between me saying I have anxiety or my cells are anxious. Right. You know, if my cells are anxious, that seems to be outside of myself, something that I have control over where yeah. I have anxiety. Yeah. I'm now owning this, this yeah. issue and problem. And the, if I own it, you know, how do I get rid of it? Yeah. The more, the more you tell yourself that's why it's like you and I go through bouts of anxiety. We go through bouts of where we are feeling or experiencing depression or we just feel depressed in the moment. But you and I are never going to tell each other, I have anxiety, I have anxiety, I have depression, I have depression because we understand that that's only fueling the fire yeah. and that's only going to make the issue worse. That's why... <laughs> You need to, yes, a start by communicating to yourself properly and start releasing like that alone. Even if you don't believe it, even if you don't even believe it, just start releasing your body and breathing and just see what that will do. And then the subconscious mind is ridiculously powerful. I remember Joe Dispenza, he said, I think by the age of 35 or something, we're, our, our subconscious is controlling us 95%. 
So we're only conscious for 5% of our thoughts. That alone is a terrifying thought, but it doesn't mean that that can't be changed. So to change your subconscious mind, it takes time. It's like anything. You want to heal your chronic back pain that you've had for 10, 20 years. It takes time. It's not going to happen overnight. So it's, it's just the process of being consistent with anything you're doing. And it's funny because I mentioned this in another podcast where it's like, yes, we could be spiritual and like the idea of meditating and whatnot, but a lot of people are trying to disassociate a little bit too much where if we are spiritual and we are here, spiritual is actually being physical. So understanding that we're all spiritual because we're all physical, we're all here. So and that was the title of Greg Braden's book that I love so much. The science of compassion walking between the worlds mm-hmm. because we have like, we, we, yes, exactly. We, we have to realize who we are and, and manifest as we need to. And as we are these physical bodies, of course, we, we have to live in this physical world. Otherwise you might as well not be here. Yeah, exactly. Like I, I, there's a reason why I went into a phase of deep meditations for an hour to two hours a day. I kind of needed to, but for me to do that on a daily basis, it's, it's a lot where I could maybe get the same benefit now because I put the work in within 20 minutes. And I realized that, Hey, we have a job here to be physical and to help people physically, which also translate to emotionally, spiritually, whatever. And that's just what's kind of working for me. But you're going to have to put time in to get the results of whatever you're trying to do and then try a bunch of different things that work for you. Some things won't work and then stick with that and keep running. But we also have to take into consideration like, so you mentioned uh, the food thing. If you're eating McDonald's every day, then you eat an organic meal, like that's gonna shock your system. The exact same thing happened to me, but in reverse. That's where I was on like my crazy nutrition plan. Like it was, it was the medical medium and all I was eating was fruits and vegetables, low fat, this and that. And it was great for the time being for that cleanse. I can't maintain that year round. But then I remember I was going to my buddy's cottage and I was starving. So I'm like, there's nothing on the way. I need something. And I know like, I know I'm not going to be like that diet's not going to be there for the weekend. And like every weekend at the lake isn't like that, but there's an A&W on the way. So I got two burgers and then I could feel the anxiety build in my stomach, like literally my stomach organ. And then I could feel it traveling into like my pancreas and my liver. and, And I'm like, oh my God, I'm anxious whoa, this is bad. Wow. And then I get to my buddy's cabin. There's just like three of us that night and we're like hanging out chatting. And typically like we'll stay up decently late. It was like 10, 10 30. I was so anxious, headache. I was literally feeling like I was tripping out. I'm like, am I even like here? Like what's going on? <laughs> like it was, it was weird. And they're like, I've never seen you like that before. I was obviously like calm. I wasn't being dramatic in the moment, but that's how that is showing how powerful food can be as well. And that relates to anything. Don't do everything all, all in at once. You got to like work your body into this. Because what you're ingesting also has a frequency. A hundred percent. So that's why, I mean, like, you know, if, if you are a meat eater, you know, to be able to go and get your own food from a, a happy deer, yeah, you yeah. know, compared to like some chicken that's been like cooped up that can't move or around and, and then yeah. forced steroids. I mean, that's a very different form of protein. Yeah. They might both have 
the same amount of protein molecules per whatever, but yeah. that's a very, very different thing. So yeah, absolutely. Like what you're like the water that we're drinking. I mean, the tap water, if it's loaded with like chlorine and like God knows whatever else. That's is one of there. the number one things Gary Brecka says, uh, that you can start doing now. Don't Change drink the tap water. water. Yeah. Like yeah. it's, it's just proven over and over and over. How... We're very lucky here in Winnipeg to have, uh, Jackson. Chris Garrick's Jackson Springs water. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's some of the best water, but then now too, I mean, to increase that water potential, um, an analemma is one way. There's a lot of different ways you can actually um, create that gel state of mm -hmm. the water. Yeah, structured to, water. Because that is also light. It's supposed to be inside the DNA, like inside the cells. That's the water that we should be having. And mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, like there's there's so many things that we can do again. Hi hydrogenated water. Yes. Um, that's huge as well. Gary uh, Breckett. Hydro like hydrolyte? No, what is it? <laughs> hydrogen water. Yeah, it's like hydrogen water. But I think they, they say hydrogenated. Hydrogenated. Like that fat word. Yeah, yeah, Hi, yeah. They would always say, I think maybe whatever. No, they would always say hydrogenate. Okay, and I'm like hydrogenate. So I like said that word like a hundred times in a day to like cement it <laughs> into my brain. But yeah, anyways, hydrogen water. We'll keep it simple. Um, but yeah, all all of that is huge. Like everything you have to take into consideration. Yeah, you know, and that's the thing. I if we think about how much time we put into our stuff, if we just even put like one fiftieth of that time into this container mm. that you know houses our soul we would be so much better off because few people do i mean like i i know a lot of car guys and the amount of time they spend on the cars it's like wow like spend a little bit of that time on your body and totally your entire life is going to change for the better yeah yeah there's always excuses that's what i find so funny like i don't know if we've been like brainwashed or what it is but it, it's hard for people to find the time to work on their themselves and i have always found that relatively odd but and i'm guilty of that too at times like you and i are workaholics and when we're workaholics sometimes you can get pulled away from working on yourself and you're like okay reset yeah feeling off need to focus on myself for a bit here and then get into a better routine we're human that that happens but because it's it's again it's, it's kind of like posture you know we, we create these grooves in the body and mm -hmm. and you know the more we sit and collapse in a negative alignment the more the more those grooves gain momentum and then it's harder to pull out of that groove. Yeah. So the, the habits of thinking are the same, yeah. like, you know, oh my gosh, I need to work this many hours a day to feel like I'm worthy. Right. I mean, that was, that was a big thing for me. Like, I mean, oh, yeah. love my, love my dad, but I mean, every day I would come home from school or from work, like, oh, did you work hard today? Like that was the first thing that he said. And so to me that equated being worthy. If I didn't work hard, because I would get a smile if I said, yes, I had a, I, I worked really hard today. It was a great day. Then you get the love. Mm -hmm. So if that's the impulse to feel like you're worthy, if you suddenly are like, no, I've actually been, you know, doing nothing for the last three weeks, <laughs> um, then it's like, oh, well, you better smarten up and you better work harder then. So yeah. like there's this dialogue that you have. Yeah. Um, I mean, no different than, you know, boys shouldn't cry. I mean, mm -hmm. that's a dialogue that stops us from being able to be present in the moment and to express and release those emotions and then if you don't and you know you've had sadness through your life and you haven't been able to release it that's a trauma repetitively that is going to get stuck and stored in your body and then there's going to be this mass because we're magnetic right so then you know if if we don't release those those energetic frequencies we pull them in because mm -hmm. that's the magnetics mm -hmm. so that's where it's interesting too because we're fighting the forces of nature and gravity being one of them. 
um, a huge one, but mm -hmm. so are the magnetics. So if I'm so used to being the victim, I'm going to feel most comfortable in that victim mode because mm. that's what my frequency is. Totally. But then I'm going to be pulling in the abusers because that's the nature of the balancing of the energies. So to get yourself out of that space. Um, and that's why, I mean, first book I ever read that changed my life was The Celestine Prophecy by yeah, James yeah, yeah. Redfield, yeah. Redfield, where he talks about how we get into these patterns of connection between people. And so there's the intimidator and the poor me and the interrogator and the aloof. And we're all... Mm we all play a role hmm. in all relationships to some degree, but he said like, you know, what's really important to do is to rise above. So if, if somebody insults you rather than shooting back with uh, another insult to feel like you're balancing, mm. you know, step back for a minute and, you know, send them love. Mm -hmm. And then they're either going to elevate to your frequency or they're done. Yeah. They're and not so, going to be on the same frequency. So it's just gone. So it doesn't matter. And that's, that's like what I find so fascinating because I've experienced this and I've witnessed this, but as soon as you change your frequency, again, like I love, I love this simple analogy as like, it's a, it's a radio dial. Like you're, yeah. you're changing from hot 103 to <laughs> 104.4. It's like, you can't find that frequency of 103. If you're on 104, it doesn't exist. So if your frequency is higher than other people, you're not going to, you're not going to, really it's hard to say like you're not going to see those people but it's like you're not going to really you're not magnetically drawing them in ex yes and it's the way that it works like you're not going to be passing by them as like i see that all the time with yeah. people i used to hang out with and it's like wow i would see them like all the time out and about whatever and then you change your frequency and it's like i haven't seen them in five years like how is that possible well it is. And that's that the whole frequency me. thing. Remember when we went to LA that first time? And so, you know, this, this wasn't the smartest thing that we did, but we were walking down, um, like it was past uh, midnight cause we had just gone to that fair on in Santa Monica. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So now we're walking the back boardwalk. to the boardwalk and it's again, it's past midnight. And I remember you and I are walking and, and there's five oh, people yeah. coming at us. And right away I was like, Oh dear. Like suddenly I realized we're in a very vulnerable position right now because there was five of them and two of us. However, I just remember, you know what, we're just going to smile. And they walked past us and I don't think they were necessarily good people, yeah. but we smiled and they made some comment, but then we kept going. And I just thought, thank God. <laughs> like, <laughs> I know. I know. Yeah, but that's, that's the thing. That's... I mean, if we'd looked scared, now we look like victims, victims and then they're going to be 100%. like, it's going to be a whole different dialogue. Yeah. Yeah. That is so accurate. Wow. Yeah. So anyways, I think once you get to that point where you're changing your frequency, those, those people are going to literally like not be in your wheelhouse. Be, yeah. And the way that you react, you can always, you're always in control with how you react. And that's such an empowering statement because like somebody could say like, Quinn, you're an idiot. I'm like, Thank you. <laughs> like, right. like whatever you want. Yeah. Like it doesn't, it doesn't matter. Like that's literally like something that I would say if somebody were to say, I'd be like, thanks. I appreciate that, man. <laughs> like, like, how are you doing? <laughs> so yeah, it, you, you can, what's great about it too, is you can make it fun. You don't have to, uh, yeah. Making it Well, and fun. that's where that and laughter piece comes it, in, right? Yeah. Take everything lightly and yeah. be calm and focus on your breath. So regardless of what state you're in, and I know this can be an extremely sensitive topic because it is like, it's, it's you, it's, it's, it's how you are. It's 
your psyche, it's your soul, your body, your mind, like everything. And but, not to discount those that have been struggling and suffering for years, but that's the whole point of this conversation because, um, you know, there, there are little steps that you can take every day to make those changes and, and just understanding that you're not locked in to your current situation ever. Yeah. A hundred percent. And from what I think you and I have learned over the years, the first step for people to take, I'm going to sound like a broken record here, but it's start with the breath and the belly position on our YouTube channel. Just, just start that, do three to five minutes every single day, and then start adding in positive communication to yourself mm -hmm. and just try to be a little bit more aware of how you react to people. Be calm. Like just keep t telling yourself, be calm and then remove the things that make you feel agitated, make you feel not good in and the simplest term and smile. That's, That's a big huge. thing that you talk about actually, like just smiling, like even when we're doing block therapy, it's a, it's painful. Like there's areas where it's really painful, but when you start smiling, that triggers your brain to thinking that you're actually enjoying this. And it literally takes away the physical pain, not up all of it, but it's significantly more manageable. And if you walk by somebody and you smile at them, 95% of the time they're going to smile back. You are so good at that. Thanks. It's yeah. Like I've noticed that since I've been a kid, hmm. like you, you always smile and I don't, <laughs> and I'm not saying that in, that, that doesn't mean that I'm not happy all the time. It's just like, you're, you're really good at that. And it's funny because like, I have some family members who have I'm not going to say the term, but it's that resting face that isn't yeah. so pleasant <laughs> to put it in the best terms. So maybe I like have that to an extent, maybe not. I don't know. No, you but, seem pretty positive. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> but a, a lot of friends say that I do smile and I do laugh a lot, which is a, a massive compliment, but yeah, just in general, like you're out and about wherever you are, you're, you're just going to smile at people. And that's a massive thing to do because you're putting that out and that's going to come back. And, and, and I mean, like, because back. again, like, I mean, all of these relationships, like if I walk by you and I snicker or sneer, I'm not going to make you feel good. A hundred percent. And so maybe you're triggered and maybe you're going to push back, you know, like we don't know what any other person, where their mindset, where their emotional state is. So if you do anything like it, it's like that wild animal, you don't know if you're going to poke a bear or if you're going to, you, yeah, yeah. you know, deal with a little pussycat, but either way, if you smile, you're, you're not provoking yeah. some unknown threat. It's so true because let's say the same scenario when we were um, Venice, Santa Monica, mm -hmm. walking down the boardwalk. Mm -hmm. And let's say we put like, I don't know, a frown or like said something or whatever. We know inevitably that wouldn't have been a good outcome. But, yeah. and it's anywhere. And, and this is like, I'll say pre-block therapy era. <laughs> There, there was times like I was, I went through like an angry phase and there was many reasons for that, but oh yeah, if one person looked at me the wrong way, I would look at them like, I'm going to go beat them up. Like, like literally like those were my constant daily thoughts. And I'm like, I'm going to be like, I can, I can. I'm like, I'm going to. Well, you, like, were, you were a tank. <laughs> yeah. I was <laughs> nearly double the size I am now, but um, yeah, like it's just it's crazy to think, and I would always have that frown. And I do see that I do kind of have that frown at times, but that's lifted a lot. And when I focus a lot on like- You've, you've changed like, you know, from heaven to earth, like seriously. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. But- You've it, done a lot of work. It takes, 
everything in my life has changed yes from the people i hang out with the food i eat the blocking the types of workouts i'm doing i'm not trying to squat 400 pounds and scream to get the weight off of there's no more force exactly persuasion yeah. yeah it's not it's not as aggressive force where it's like you're trying to really break yourself down yeah um what else meditation my thoughts how i view everything doesn't mean i'm perfect like that every single day there's days where i'm in a bad mood and there's reasons for that but again it's all in how you react and it's it's, it's like, also being able to dissipate it quickly because i mean we like totally none of us are ever perfect god thank you for that because I mean, A, that's how we learn. And B, it's nice to be able to not compare ourselves to other people, but to compare ourselves from the day before mm. or the year before. And mm. then notice, wow, I handled that better than I did a year ago. Mm. I'm happier in general than I was four weeks ago. And let's say that you're making progress, but then you had a bad moment and then you reacted poorly to a situation, don't feel super guilty about it. Yeah. Because that's a frequency. You say, okay, I'm sorry. I'm letting this go. I'm going to try my hardest not to do that again. And then you carry on. But don't hold on to that baggage because that's going to make you feel worse. Absolutely. So that self-forgiveness is huge. Yeah. And to be able to say like, I would forgive the other person for doing that. So forgive yourself. Because yeah, for a lot of people, that self-peace um, you know, creating love for yourself is far harder than thinking that you're actually loving someone else. However, I mean, you know, I think a lot about, um, the, the, the givers versus the takers and, mm -hmm. and those who gives those people pleasers, they don't like to say no. Again, mm -hmm. I'm going to quote Gray Braden because I love him. Um, but in reading one of his books, this was so helpful to me because I was a people pleaser. And I mean, I just, I just like people feeling good. So, I mean, mm -hmm. like it's, it, I think it's a very innate thing. However, if you ask me to do something and I say yes, because I don't want to hurt your feelings, mm -hmm. but I really don't want to do it. Mm -hmm. He said, you're actually harming that person more energetically mm -hmm. because now the resentment of what I've said yes to is the energy I'm putting wow. into you. So even if I go about and I help you with that chore on that subconscious level, I'm actually harming you more. So for me being that people pleaser, that was such a wonderful lesson because mm -hmm. you're doing it because you want to, or at least you think you're wanting to do good. So if you then realize, wow, I'm actually doing more harm than good, mm -hmm. it changes everything. Wow. I think you mentioned that once upon a time, but I totally forgot about that. It's a really good point. And, and it's interesting because once you start doing or you change once, so let's say Quinn pre-block therapy era, um, I would always like kind of frown at people or be like, whatever, I'll beat you up. <laughs> like, <laughs> such, a, such a 16 year old thing to do. But, um, as soon as you become conscious of it, which is step number one is you don't do that. So let's say you smile at somebody. It's like, huh, I just did it. You did it once. I just got a positive response from that. Weird. Okay. But you've already, <laughs> you've already, yeah, you've already gained momentum or the way you communicate to somebody in an interesting situation, rather than saying, I hate you. You're stupid. Go away. I never want to see you again. And you, that was harsh, but you say it in like a, a kinder way, or you say it in a loving way. It's like, you'll know immediately how you feel after that. And then that's that first stepping stone. Yeah. You do it once. Now you do it three times, you do it 10 times, you do it a hundred times. Now you've started building this exponential momentum so that it's just going to become more who you are. Like that's just 
how you start to treat people. You are now changing your subconscious mind and that's really cool. And then you fall off the wagon a little bit. You already have all of this momentum that you built. So you fall off the wagon. You're not starting from, from square one. You're, you've already had this, you already have that experience of what you need to do. It's going to have all these connections are going to come back together. Then boom, you're back in it. Similar to blocking. you can be blocking for years. You fall off for a month or two months or whatever you come back. It's not like you're starting from square one. That memory's there. Yeah. You've, you've done a lot of the work similar. It's like similar going to the gym. I've been bodybuilding for, I don't know, let's just say 10 years or whatever. I don't work out for five, six months and I've taken long periods of time off. I go back. It's not like I'm starting from square one. So start now. You start now. You start gaining that momentum. Hey, we understand life throws things at you and you're not going to be perfect. It's okay. Just accept it, forgive it. And and we feel good when trying. everyone is healthy. And I think that's really where like that heart ego thing really needs to be understood too. Because when we let our heart direct our life as being the path to take, and then we let the ego follow the heart, there's inclusion. You know, every cell is included in the communication to your brain. There's inclusion. And then that leads to, okay, I don't, th th there's enough in this world. I don't need to be better than, I don't need to have more than, I mean, that's always going to be life. I think because, I mean, some people are simply going to work harder than others yeah. and, and whatever. But, um, when we have the mindset of let's include ourselves in the communication with the brain and let that heart be the director, as opposed to the brain, which is the opposite, it's exclusion. You know, my ego is going to say, wow, I've got to have more or I've got to do this or I've got mm -hmm. to do that. And we exclude others, but it's because our cells are being excluded. Mm -hmm. So everything's a mm -hmm. mirror. Mm -hmm. So direct with your heart, smile, feel light, feel love, give yourself that self-forgiveness mm -hmm. and breathe because that's the foundation of the heart that drives the whole thing. Yeah. Wow. I think that was a great kind of closing statement. Thank you. Anything else to share? No, just that you've got a beautiful smile. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody does. You're right. Everybody that. does have a beautiful smile. That was a lot of fun. That's such an important uh, discussion. And, and for people just, I hope it, this really gave them some positive insight onto how to just take that first step to switching, because no matter where you are, you can always start making that change to start feeling better. It's all about how you feel in the moment. That's all that exists is how you feel in the moment. So when you breathe diaphragmatically, you're more in the moment. So just work and try your hardest to do that. And when you're in the moment, you'll be surprised on how you react and communicate and treat yourself and people. So all uh, information to even just do the belly position is on our YouTube channel, Block Therapy. And we have our sampler program. It'll likely be in the description of this video. If you're watching on YouTube, it's nine bucks. If you just want to get started for nine videos, we share how to use a rolled up towel. It's an amazing little intro program. And, um, our block therapy community group's a great place to on Facebook, our Facebook community group. Uh, again, just go to Facebook, type in block therapy community request access. You're going to, again, you're going to be in a, a group with great frequency and great intention Absolutely. and you can ask questions share testimonials whatever you want and that wraps up the episode so we'll see everybody next week bye everyone